Hi, this is Esti, host of the Friday A Public Affair. I hope you help us by contributing to WORT and you can also subscribe to the podcast. Bye. Six foot six above sea level I grab the mic because I like to take you to another mental level Low power frequency radio modulation The big sound from underground another pirate station We bring the truth to places to... No change without struggle No one in power ain't giving up nothing No change without struggle No one in power... W-O-R-T, 89.9 FM, listener-sponsored community radio, Madison, Wisconsin. And hello, welcome to A Public Affair. I am Esti Dinor speaking to you on one of the best radio stations in the world, and I mean it, W-O-R-T, 89.9 FM. We will be talking soon with the author of a book titled Climate Change as Class War, Building Socialism on a Warming Planet. I think something that uh, is dear to all of our hearts. But before, we have to remind you that this is a pledge drive today. And uh, to help me pledge wrap is the birthday girl, Karma Chavez, Professor Karma Chavez, joining us from Austin, still one of us. Hi, Karma. Hey, it's nice to be here. I'm so excited to be raising some money for WORT. Why, why are you here on your birthday? You know, I can think of no better place to be on my birthday to, to be right here with you, raising money for my favorite radio station. I think you said it was one of your favorite radio stations, but come on, it's our favorite. Yeah, I really think, you know, I've been traveling a lot and, and I really think that this is one of the best radio stations in the world. I swear, I mean, I really mean it. Anyway, folks, um, we have an absolutely ridiculous goal today um, of um, 40 callers and uh, $2,000 to raise in this hour. Um, so we need your help for that. And how, how do we get that help, Karma? There are so many ways you can do this. A big one is to call us at 608-256-2001, extension 1, and make your pledge right there on the phone. We've got a lot of lovely people who are answering the phones. You can also go online at wortfm.org slash donate, and uh, we'll be glad to take your donations there. Um, but we definitely, definitely, definitely need you to act now. I know, Esty, one of the things I've learned doing this with you for a long time now is your listeners like to make us suffer they like to wait to the end of the hour i know it's terrible and i don't understand it y'all you love esty you know she's our favorite host so please just get on the phone 608-256-2001 extension one and make your pledge now so that's also so then you can just listen to the amazing matt huber as well Right. We, we really want to spend most of our time today with Professor Matt Huber. I'll tell you about him in a second. And uh, not begging you for money. So um, call or join us on the computer, 608-256-2001, extension 1. Or you can uh, join us at wartfm.org. And I wish I could thank uh, the people who are answering the phones for us, but I did not get their names, just as you, Karma, didn't get our um, 
premiere today. I had to send it to you. Um, so we have a little bit of a mess going on here, but do you want to tell quickly people what they can get? Not that this is why they pledge, but just to, so they know. Well, absolutely. It's definitely not why they pledge, but there's some awesome stuff going on right now. So at the $30 level, uh, you can get the WORT sticker set. Uh, these are awesome. I have one on the back of my journal. I've got another one waiting for my next journal. They're really snazzy. Uh, the one I think I'm most excited about this year is at the $35 level, which is the embroidered patch. Uh, these are awesome. They are black, orange, and ivory. Uh, they're courtesy of uh, Adrian Ranny, who's a war staff member, of course. Uh, they have a vintage microphone in the center. They're awesome. It's a $35. You can get one of those patches. Uh, and uh, I guess I would say those are my favorites right now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you can go online and I believe you can see these things there. But uh, let's uh, let's do what we like to do, which is talk to our guests and uh, bring some good information and analysis um, to our listeners. I just found out who our phone answerers are. They are Gary and Rory. Thank you, Gary and Rory, for being here and um, answering the phones for us. Make them busy, please. 608-256-2001 extension 1. Or where, where online, Karma? WORTFM.org slash donate. Yeah. And also, uh, by way of premia, as I've been doing since we unfortunately stopped sending you particular um, uh, premiere for our show, I will give my um, copy of the book, the only one that we have, to one of you who is calling. Um, At whatever um, rate you are calling, we will um, do some kind of a raffle, and I will let you know next week who got it. So with us is Matthew T. Huber. He's professor of geography in the Maxwell School of Citizenship and Public Affairs at Syracuse University. He's the author of Lifeblood and more recently Climate Change as Class War, Building Socialism on a Warming Planet. Hi, Matt. Thank you for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, I appreciate it. So I was thinking before we get to your book, which we absolutely are going to do, I I, uh, was thinking about the whole debt ceiling um, phenomenon, right? And, And the deal that was just struck and thought how that is an example of at least the title of your book, right? Climate change is class war, building socialism on a warming planet. Um, what's his name? Uh, <laughs> the one from Virginia is getting his um, his pipe, his gas pipe, or his oil pipe, uh, while all the agencies that... Um, are responsible for life-supporting things, including the EPA, for example. I'm not saying that they necessarily are doing it perfectly or or even imperfectly, but they are going to get a lot less money. So um, talk talk about um, the debt ceiling deal and how how you understand it. Actually, the the book is an argument that the climate change struggle is really a power struggle, and you know we need to be serious about building sufficient ca- counter power. 
<clears throat> but I think the debt ceiling um, kerfuffle, if you want to call it, is an example of how, to me, it's an example of how the Republicans and the right are very serious about power. And they, they, they saw that they could use the leverage of their control of the House to kind of hold the economy hostage with this debt ceiling. And unfortunately, it seems to me the Democratic Party and the more liberal uh, side of uh, the aisle are more like they're not really about power. They're about, you know, trying to be fair and go through sort of the right procedures. And and it's very clear that Biden had options to use executive authority, to use things like the 14th Amendment to basically raise the debt ceiling without Congress. And he chose not to do that. He chose to uh, be bipartisan and try to work out a deal. And people say, you know, he did a decent job with the deal. It could have been worse. But the fact is, as you said, the deal includes a lot of austerity for a lot of um, welfare and environmental um, agencies that we really need. And it's going to restart student loan payments. A lot of really horrific stuff is going to come out of this deal. And, and the fact is, if the Democrats were thinking about power, they could have just said, thanks, but no thanks, Republicans, we're going to we're going to deal with this in, a, in, in another way. And um, they didn't do that. So it's, yeah, frustrating. Yeah. And I think um, the fact that Biden chose to do it the way he chose to do it and um, that he agreed to various things that um, are going to be quite detrimental to the citizens of the United States and, and definitely to the environment um, tells us something about um, the lack of um, real real care for um for the citizenry of this country um, from from both parties, no? Yeah. Um, this is totally, probably pretty silly, but um, Bernie Sanders just sent an email about, about the debt ceiling deal, which he voted no against. And I, I just, this quote kind of hit it on the head for me. And he says, at a time when the country has more wealth and income inequality than ever, I could not in good conscience vote for a bill that cuts programs for the most vulnerable while refusing to ask billionaires to pay a penny more in taxes. So, you know, um, this this deal is going to have, like you said, extreme negative consequences for working families and uh, for people in poverty, um, which always seem to be the target of particularly Republican attacks on social safety net programs. And so and. And they're going to, like I said before, they're going to restart student loan payments. And all this pain is going to hit uh, a year before an election. So, again, like uh, if the Democrats were thinking about power and really expanding their coalition, expanding their base, they would not allow the Republicans to kind of uh, hold them hostage and hold a gun to their head and force them into all these concessions, which are going to just make people angry. And in many ways, they're going to blame the main people in power, the people that control the Senate and the presidency, which is the Democrats. So it's just, it's terrible politics and it's its going to have real pain for real people. So. Mm -hmm. and, and I think it is an illustration of uh, 
what the title of your book says, which is Climate Change as Class War, Building Socialism on a Warming Planet. Do, do you want to explain the main idea behind that title? Yeah. Um, so I, I, I think most people have a sense that climate change is a problem of inequality or um, you know, a social class in society, the fact that we have a lot of inequality. Um, uh, but what I say in the book is a lot of the ways in which mainstream commentators analyze that inequality is through a purely kind of carbon footprint lens that looks at people's consumption patterns and then is able to say that, hey, rich people consume a lot more stuff and have more of a higher carbon footprint than poor people, and therefore the rich are responsible for climate change. What I suggest in the book is that climate change is really much more about our, our social relationship to production, how we produce energy, how we produce the goods and services that run our economy. And it's really a class uh, problem of who owns and controls those production systems and who's profiting from the, particularly the production of fossil fuels and more carbon intensive forms of production. And that even if we you know, look at um, uh, rich people's consumer you know, carbon footprint, like if they drive an SUV, if they eat a lot of steak, like that doesn't matter to me as much as if they own a fossil fuel company, right? What they do to generate the money that makes their consumption possible, how they make their money is way more significant from a climate perspective. And so if we sort of shift our analysis to focus on classes, who owns and controls production, we see that um, as opposed to the carbon footprint analogy where it's sort of all of us are sort of distributed uh, responsibility, we all kind of uh, have, a, have a sort of um, small scale carbon footprint and, and it's just dispersed. Actually, we see that the climate struggle is really about wrestling control over this small minority of society that owns, controls our energy systems, organizes it for profit. And, and uh, you know, that's a simpler political target, you know, the class of people that do profit from the energy system. It doesn't make it an easier political target. You know, they, these people have tremendous power. Um, but I think it, it helps uh, move us away from the kind of sometimes moralistic and, and, and guilt-inducing politics of consumption that kind of makes everyone feel guilty about their contribution to climate change, as opposed to kind of creating a more mass unity against the, the people really profiting from the system, the, again, the owners. So, um, so again, uh, you know, it's a, a more traditional kind of understanding of class is your relationship to the means of production, but I think that's actually what climate change is really about. It's really about our industrial production system. It's how we produce the basic material existence of our lives. And we need to really target the, those owners who control that system. Yeah. And I want to connect it to the news here in a moment. But Karma, we are at um, 1% of my goal by way of uh, amount of money. And uh, I think about 2.5% um, towards the number of people that we're supposed to um, hear from. Um, so we really absolutely need to um, hear from a bunch of people. I, I don't think I've heard the phones ringing. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, and, and we also didn't mention that we need um, at least new, at least one um, 
Oh, no. A number of new one-time donors. We need three new or increasing monthly donors. And we need however many people want to let us know that they are maintaining their monthly donations. And we do have um, our second um, pledger here. And it is Stephen Wolvin from Madison. Thank you very much, uh, Stephen. And he likes Allen's and Estes APA and uh, Musica Antigua. So now we are a little farther up towards, but not, not, uh, not anywhere near enough. So um, tell people why they should uh, pledge to the show. I mean, here's the thing about this. Uh, you have been on the air for how many years now? 27 and a half. 27 and a half years that y'all have time. had the privilege of listening to Esty on the air. And you know that the kinds of stories that she does and Alan and others, the kinds of stories they do, you're not hearing on mainstream media. You're not hearing the perspective and you're not hearing the subject matter. And that doesn't just happen out of nowhere. It happens because you support your radio station. And so you have to get on the phone right now at 608-256-2001, extension one, or get online at wortfm.org, whatever method you want to use. We need you to do it. We need you to show that you love the station, that you love what SD does, and that you want to keep hearing this kind of content that uh, we should be listening to right now. And, you know, I want to add to it that uh, it's not even just um, mainstream media. When When's the last time you heard the word socialism on public radio? <laughs> I can't remember. You can't remember. It's way. the S word. <laughs> It's the S word. It may be banned soon, maybe in your state there in Texas. Probably it will be banned. I, I am a loony Marxist professor, apparently. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, if you appreciate that we talk about things like socialism and... Um, Well, um, when's the last time you heard on public radio anything about um, the struggles of indigenous people, which we cover quite regularly? Well, you are, I mean, one of the places I can always go. I can always go back through your archives if I'm ever looking for really good indigenous content to share with my students, because it's really hard to find it anywhere else. And I always know that you're reliable in providing that content that virtually nobody else does. And so it's once again, another example of how important you are and how important the resource of WORT is, not just the folks in Madison, but, you know, all over. When's the last time you heard a Palestinian talking about the Israeli-Palestinian struggle? Yeah, I mean, quite quite literally, I think WRT is one of the only places on earth you hear that outside of, you know, the West Bank. And so on and so forth, right? So we, we give a voice here to the people you don't hear elsewhere. And we also challenge what we hear elsewhere. And um, I think that's a good reason to pledge right now. Absolutely. And so get on the phone, 608-256-2001 extension one or get online uh and we do actually have uh a couple of of, uh donations here from the web uh good uh, one i want to say is my sister-in-law uh nicole chavez from north mankato minnesota thank you Uh, nicole so very happy that she listened i guilted her into it so that's good um (laughs) we also have uh anonymous uh pledge uh one-time gift 
um, a new donor. Um, oh, good. So super excited there. So uh, we're, we're, we're getting moving. So we're right doing direction. that. We, we do have a um, one-time donor, and, um, but we, we could definitely use a few more. Um, what else did I want to say? Oh, um, so it's Karma's birthday, like we mentioned. And if you uh, want to honor Karma, we would appreciate that. Now is the time. Uh, I, I actually said on my social media, I said, don't make me sad. And so I'll say that on the air as well. Please don't make me sad mm-hmm. on my birthday. What a terrible thing to do. So get on the phone at 608 yeah, that would be That would be terrible. And um, if you want to look at other birthdays, it's mine in three days. So um, mm-hmm. if you want to tell me a little early happy birthday, we'll accept that too. <laughs> the birthday twins, the Geminis. Yeah, it's the Gemini Gemini girl time today here. 608-256-2001, extension 1, wartfm.org. Matt, are you perchance a uh, Gemini too? No. No. But I was going to say it's my half birthday today, so it's some oh. symmetry, some weird symmetry. <laughs> There you go. So, so many reasons to pledge today. And, of course, for the show and for the shows that we do regularly, we need to hear from many, 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 many more of you. I'm going to get back to Matt, but it's already almost half the hour, and uh, we are so, 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 so far from our goal. We need to hear from many, many of you. So, um Matt, going back to what you say what you were saying uh, here is a news item from yesterday from Reuters ExxonMobil Corporation and Chevron Corporation shareholders on Wednesday overwhelmingly rejected calls for stronger measures to mitigate climate change dismissing more than a dozen climate related proposals at their annual meeting the results supported the two largest US oil producers in resisting pressure from investor groups calling for the pair to follow European rivals in accepting tougher emissions reducing goals Yeah. What do you think? Um, <laughs> it's, it's just evidence. I mean, in, in 2020, a bunch of these oil and gas firms announced like ambitious net zero targets and people were starting to get, I think, weirdly optimistic. But since then, um, we've had uh, obviously the um, post, post, well, I shouldn't say post, but like the sort of coming out of COVID energy shortages led to huge problems. price spikes for oil, gas, coal. Then the invasion of Ukraine led to a major boom in uh, oil, gas, and fossil fuels and coal. Um, so in 2022, these fossil fuels, which we know are cooking the planet, um, have been more profitable than ever. All these firms are announcing record profits. And so this is sort of how capitalism works. You know, money is, seeks returns wherever it can find it. And And all these firms have found out the last year that, hey, it's still really profitable to invest in fossil fuels, so we're going to keep doing it. Um, and, 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 and we just sort of act as if we're helpless in the face of this uh, as a society. We can't control the market. We can't control this economic system that just allows these firms to continue to make these super profits off this fuel that's... destroying the conditions for uh, all life on the planet. So it, it shows again that um, you know to really solve this problem, we really need to think about asserting kind of much more social control over investment, over 
how we produce and uh, use energy in the economy. And to do that, we need to basically say no to these companies that you can't be allowed to make these profits and that we need a much more sort of social plan to kind of phase out fossil fuels and rapidly expand clean energy. But as long as we sort of act like this market system's out of our control and if, it, if in 2022 it says fossil fuels are profitable, then we're helpless to control this, then then that then we're just going to continue down this road. So I think it's a stark illustration of the challenge that we face. Yeah, and and you mentioned the war in Ukraine, and here's another thing um, that I don't think I ever heard on um, any other station really, which is somehow war seems to be something that has nothing to do with um, with a warming planet, a, a degrading planet. But uh, what is so interesting to me is that somehow Biden has trillions and trillions of money, of, of dollars, to send to Ukraine in the form of armaments, not in the form of, you know, support to any kind of um, humanitarian reasons. War is probably the most uh, polluting and degrading event you can find anywhere. Uh, There's plenty of them. The United States is involved in plenty of them. Ukraine, to a large degree, I believe, is a proxy war. um, And the United Mm. States, obviously, is very involved. There's no money for us, but there's money for for that, for for the war. So um, would you comment on that? Yeah, the the Pentagon has been shown through research to be the most sort of carbon-intensive entity of the U.S. government. And it's not just... Even if there's not a war or even a proxy war on, you know, the Pentagon, just in its normal operations of running these hundreds of bases around the world, of doing um, all sorts of uh, training activities all over, you know, just that activity is just so carbon intensive. All the all the weapons production um, by military contractors, private for profit military contractors all this stuff is extremely carbon intensive and toxic and it has horrific um, pollution uh, consequences for people that live near these factories that produce these armaments. So it's just a, it's environmental nightmare, um, this war machine. Um, And, and I think, I think, uh, you know, fossil fuel kind of really allowed us to industrialize warfare in really disturbing ways. And now we have a kind of carbon, intensive form of warfare that, um, again, is part of this class block that we're going to have to confront if we want to deal with this crisis. And even the Pentagon is recognizing that um, climate change is like a security threat um, that can destabilize a lot of regions around the world, and this will be a problem. So, But they want to kind of combat it with their, their typical carbon intensive warfare machine, and we have to yeah, draw, draw resources away from 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 them and towards um, solving the problem. Yeah, Karma, I just got um, another um, pledge here from Les uh, from Summer's family. <laughs> Thank you, <laughs> uh, Summer's family. It's nice to hear from all the families 
mine are too far, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> and she likes APA and Mel and Floyd. And she says, keep up the good, good fight. Thank you so much, Summers family. Um, really appreciate hearing from you. How about you, Karma? Is there anything new on the computer? You know, there is actually not anything new. I just clicked it right before you came <sighs> on. And so I, I'm starting to get anxious, folks. And I said this at the start of the hour, didn't I? I said that your listeners do this to you every pledge drive. I They know. Make you it's wait. terrible. You, you got to stop doing that, folks. We really need you to get on the phone, 608-256-2001. Uh, we, we, our goal is to get 40 uh, donations during this hour. And I think right now we're at four. Five. Yeah. Five. So an eighth. Yeah. And so you're so, it's so good at math. Now, what other radio host do you know of that is as good at math in the moment as Esky? <laughs> and then we are 10% of our goal in, in dollars. So um, our, our class warriors are not helping us right now. Clearly not. So, y'all, it is time. WRTFM.org slash donate. 608-256-2001. Uh, I, I know we've been talking a lot about what is so unique about this, and that is true. But ultimately, this is your radio station. You know you listen to this station all the time. And so just putting a little bit towards what the station does is necessary. It's for buying equipment. It's for supporting staff. It's for all the things that make WRT what it is. So now's the time to get on that phone, 608-256-2001. Yeah, and I mean, we do need uh, a bunch of money here in the station, which is 47 years old, which is quite yeah. amazing to think that this has gone on for um, all this time. But uh, the building is uh, in need of a lot of um Stuff like new roof, new windows, and then something to do with the um with a chimney no, not chimney with uh <laughs> I don't know it's some strange word that I never heard before um anyway, about fifty five thousand dollars worth of uh fixing stuff, and uh that's on top of all the running um expenses. I'm really disappointed that we have to talk so much rather than talk to Matt. Um, I too. Yeah, yeah. Um, or 608-256-2001, extension 1. I need to cough, so Summer, if you can turn me off on Karma, tell them a little more why they should. Uh, Absolutely. Play. I'm happy to do that. So um, I know you all don't give for gifts, but uh, we got some other things going on here too. So if you give us at the 89.9 level, 89.90, Uh, we've got that wart bucket hat, which is navy with white writing on it. It's uh, really a nice-looking hat. And then we also have uh, several uh, different styles of uh, T-shirt, chill with W-O-R-T at the nice. $100 level. It's really nice. It looks like it's really soft. Um, yeah, and, and then wart binoculars at the $150 level, wart the hippie hop pint glass. You mentioned that, I know. Um at what the hundred dollars i think um and i know that people like that quite a lot so um you can pledge for that too and i i want to say you know i had to cough because i often do have to cough because um we need to improve the air uh, quality in the studio mm. 
So uh, we need money for that. 608-256-2001, extension 1, WORTFM.org. Uh, Matt, any, anything you want to tell our listeners to help us here? This is very, very slow. Well, I, I just um, reiterate what others have said, which is that we unfortunately have a, again, a corporate media where it's run by profits and the capitalist class kind of um, is only running things on corporate media that really drum up sensational information and get people f- sort of angry. And, and that's what gets ratings up and gets profits up for these media companies. So um, public radio stations like this are so valuable to actually bring sort of measured information and um, reliable information, talk about topics that, that corporate media won't, won't talk about. And so... Yeah, please donate. I really hope um, you can raise more money during the hour. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's get back to our conversation and trust our listeners to call and pledge online. Um, we need your help. So um, Biden, is he sticking to his promises about slashing greenhouse emissions by 50% below 2005 level by 2030? Yeah, we'll see. Um you know, uh, there there's a lot of hope that the Inflation Reduction Act is going to really um, uh, ignite this huge investment into clean energy build-outs and generation. Um, but all in all, the Inflation Reduction Act is simply a, a set of tax credits that simply hopes that market actors uh, like uh, clean energy investors, but also households like you and me will do the good low carbon thing, build clean energy, but also for households like buy heat pumps or buy electric vehicles. But there's a lot of um, coordination I think that's needed to actually actually reach these emission reduction goals. Like we actually need to plan the economy to build out transmission systems that can connect clean energy systems in a coordinated way. There's all sorts of problems in the, in the transmission network that um, prohibit uh, us from connecting clean energy to the grid. And, and, uh, and, and the actual, the debt ceiling deal uh, was supposed to maybe have a lot of things that could facilitate transmission investment and it all got scrapped and they're basically just put a study in. <laughs> and, and so um, to me, like uh, to reach these goals, we really have to, again, have a much more coordinated planning approach to the economy and, and tax credits just aren't gonna do it. And then you put on top of that, that Biden has gone against his his pledges to kind of not um, expand uh, fossil fuel extraction on public land. So you have the Willow Project in uh, Alaska that's going to you know be uh, create the amount of emissions of a, a small country. <laughs> and so you know you, you know again, there's a lot of more bolder things that Biden could have done at the executive level. He could have declared a climate emergency, which would have empowered a whole set of executive agencies to really uh, do more emergency measures in terms of, again, um, whether it's, you know, prohibiting fossil fuel extraction or expanding transmission, you know. Uh, but again, he has been unwilling to kind of go the extra mile and, and kind of use his executive power to really push through a lot of the the things we need to be done. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think people that really uh, are optimistic about the Inflation Reduction Act seem to think that 
that it will be enough to to reach that goal of 50 percent by 2030 but i'm i'm highly skeptical i think we need a lot more Mm-hmm. And I want to ask you next, but before we're going to have to play trap again, unfortunately, but um, I, I, I will ask you about um, why there is no massive popular movement, um, environmental movement, which is an important part of your book and a very important part of what might actually help us change things. Um but I'm. I have to. We have to pledge up because we haven't gotten more uh, pledges or donations. Or have we, Karma? Unfortunately, I just uh, refreshed our pledge report. There have been no additional online donations. Uh, so maybe folks didn't know that the website was w o r t f m dot o r g. Uh, but that's where we need you to go. Uh, and we need you to do it now uh, because we need those pledges. And um, 608-256-2001, extension one. People, we need um, another $1,800 to <laughs> make a goal, which is the, I've never had a goal that high, but um, that's the goal today. Um I think that Susan felt that with your birthday and my birthday, um, we would be able to get there. Um, So far, we're not. Um, We need to hear from many more of you. What what will it take to get you to um, offer your money to support this, this most important um, um, cause, I think? Yeah, I mean, I, I, and I think we should say that this pledge drive is only one week long. And right. so it's, it's shorter. And so you're not going to have to hear a lot of us rambling on and on. Um, and so, you know, you've got to do it while you have the time to do it. And, and I do think, you know, there's something to say here. People don't want to give us money for our birthdays. What does that say about our friends? I don't know. But I don't think they want to make us sad. I think they're going to get on the phone right now at 608-256-2001, extension 1, or get online at wortfm.org and make sure that they give us the money that we need to make the station go. And I wanted to say, you know, part of that goal, one, it's our birthdays, uh, but also those goals have to get higher when we have more needs at the station. And so it's not just out of nowhere uh, that your your goal has been raised. It's because we have those needs. And so that's why it's so important for people to get on the phone at 608-256-2001. Yeah, and you just made me sad really thinking about where are all my friends and where are all the people who stop me, you know, in town and beyond to say how much they appreciate uh my show, I mean, people that I don't know, they hear me talking and they recognize my voice and my accent and, and they come and say something. Um, but now is the time to show your appreciation. Now is the time to show that you care and that this show matters to you. And if you don't, well, um, you know, maybe we have to rethink things, huh? Well, I mean, at the end of the day, the station can't go on without all the listeners who love your show, love all the shows, donating money. And so uh, now would just be an excellent time to do that, show that support that we absolutely need. Yeah. um, You know, I want to get back to Matt, but I'm feeling um, like we have to continue pledge wrapping, which I don't like doing. I guess there's one online pledge. Who who do we want to thank? Yeah, so we definitely need to thank uh, Molly from Middleton. Um, Thank you, Molly. 
she's a monthly donor, but she wanted to help out a little bit more. Uh, and uh, definitely going to get a, a T-shirt out there uh, to Molly for her donation. So thanks so much, Molly. So she increased her um, monthly donation? She gave a one-time here for uh, uh, $120. Oh. Okay, so, so she gave us also some cash. Um, yeah. Thank you very much, Molly. This is um, very helpful. It's taken us a little farther up. We need to hear from many more of you. How many times do I have to say that? Oh, here's <laughs> another one. Okay, let's see who that is from. This is from Stuart from Fitchburg who likes BTTC. I wonder what that is. BTTC. What is that? I don't know. I don't know. But whatever it is, we appreciate that you um, gave us your money. Thank you very much. Um, That, again, helps us more. We are still not even halfway to our goal. We need to hear from many, many, many more. Oh, BTTC is probably back to the country. Okay, okay, yeah. Um, right. So, yeah, it's a very interesting show for sure with many different hosts like this, like this show. Um, anyway, okay, so I guess we can get back to uh, Matt at, um, at this point. Uh, but the time is 12.47 and we have to get a lot more calls and pledges from you online. So, uh, please. You need to help us now. Um, so, Matt, why why is it that there is um, that that the environmental movement is uh, small? It doesn't seem to include um, the working class. If if we still define um, the classes as we used to, uh, what's going on? I mean. Th- People are definitely affected by what's going on, but they don't seem to understand it or care or, or whatever. Tell us. Yeah, so in the book, I argue that the, the climate movement and the environmental movement is overwhelmingly shaped by what I call the professional class, um, you know, highly educated, um, a minority of society. So we're talking about scientists, academics, journalists, um, nonprofit staffers and and other types of highly you know knowledgeable and highly credentialed types of people um but not exactly representing the majority of society you know i don't equate class with education but 63 percent of americans don't have a college degree so when you when you think about a mass working class politics you're going to have to think about reaching that mass of society so what I argue is that um, the professional class style of climate politics, because they're so credentialed and educated, they tend to focus a lot on uh, climate change as a struggle over knowledge, over believing science, over uh, whether or not you believe or deny the science. Um, and uh, that just, again, is, is, is not exactly a way to kind of reach people where they struggle in their everyday lives um, you know, in the, in the in France, uh, they had this yellow vest uprising revolt where the, one of their slogans was politicians care about the end of the world, but we're trying to make it to the end of the month. So, you know, the mass of people are really struggling with those end of month struggles and and, and climate politics kind of makes it this more abstract thing about science and knowledge, um, which I think most working class people understand the science, understand there's something wrong with the climate. 
but they also uh, want to, you know, they want to see a politics that could really impact them. The other thing uh, professional class climate people tend to do is advocate these really complicated technocratic policy fixes. And the classic cases like carbon pricing, which was what France was trying to do that ignited that revolt. So a carbon tax or sort of com complicated thing that Obama tried to get through, it's called a cap and trade scheme. These things are, you know, very elegantly designed and make sense to economists and policy wonk type people. But again, usually they sort of communicate that we want to raise the price of energy through like taxes and carbon. And that to me just gives a gift to the, to the right, um, the people that want to oppose climate action because they can just say look these climate liberal elites are trying to make your life cost more and they're trying to you know make it energy cost more and and uh and then finally there's a, a slice of professional class climate politics that is what i call the kind of anti-system radicals that advocate um this sort of anti-consumerism and this kind of um uh, small scale kind of uh, anarchist, <laughs> if I can say, sort of small scale kind of um, utopias of, of different types of alternatives that while I think really attractive to that small set of anti-system radicals are not again really capable of appealing to the masses of working class people struggling to survive in a, in a highly unequal economy. And so um, all of these styles of climate politics typically are really good at preaching to the choir and appealing to this small minority of highly educated people, but they're not really good at, at really building a much broader mass politics that can appeal to the uh, majority of working people in, in our capitalist society. And, and so that's the, the problem. Mm -hmm. Karma, what news do you have? Well, uh, we do have a, a anonymous uh, donator here who gives $30 donation online. So thank you very much for that. Uh, but that's uh, all I'm seeing online. Are we getting anything on the phone? No, no. And we are still at about um, a quarter um, of our goal as of now. Um, and we have eight minutes. So I'm afraid we're going to have to ask, uh, Matt one last question and, and then just, um, pledge up, which I hate to do. Um, I think what he has to say and what's in his book is very important. And I think that it is of interest to our listeners, but well, I don't know, maybe no one's listening today because it is such a lovely day, but, um, surely, well, surely we can get more help, right? We, we do have uh, another donor from, uh, Diana in Cross Plains, uh, who is, uh, given a generous $60 donation so thanks so much we Diana, don't say for how that. much we don't say how much but thank you thank you very much uh diana for that and again that takes us up a little bit and um not a little bit a, a good amount but we need a lot more is what i'm trying to say yes we do 608-256-2001 uh extension one or online at wortfm.org uh, really seven minutes left to go to the end of the show. It's it's time, folks. We really need your help. Yeah. Well, and Susan says that my goal is 90% of what I brought in during my 2022 summer pledge drive show. So what has happened? What? Have I become uh, uh, <laughs> unpopular? Have I become? What has happened? What What is it? I know. Who did you make mad? It's it's really disturbing, isn't it? It is disturbing, folks. 
clearly. Have I been cancelled? Oh my gosh, maybe you have succumbed to cancel culture. I just don't know about it yet. (laughs) People, I'm I'm really, I'm I'm personally, I'm getting personally um, emotional about all of that. I think it's worth it because at this point we're down to just, you know, a few minutes left of the show and we're still not anywhere near our goal. Uh, and so we really need everybody to do what you always do is as these fans, you get on the phones in these last few minutes, but please do it now. Six minutes left in the show, 608-256-2001, extension one, or get online at wrtfm.org. And I want to say, Karma, I was touched to know that you send your students to listen to my shows. I didn't know that. So I really appreciate that. And um, I know that several professors here also use stuff for me in their classes. If uh, you're one of these professors or if you are one of these students, um, well, 256-2001, extension 1 wartfm.org. Matt, I am going to ask you the last important question, but I ask you to unfortunately be brief about that because I think we're going to have to still continue begging here. Uh, <laughs> what can we do? Uh, well, the, the book argues for a working class strategy, so there's two planks to it. The first is uh, kind of like what was proposed as a, as a Green New Deal is sort of you know, really offering material gains to the broad spectrum of working, those end of month struggles, you know, you could really pair climate action, like building public green housing, building more public transit. You could offer cheaper electricity that is greened and decarbonized electricity and and really offering kind of more economic security through decarbonization could really appeal to that broad, um, you know, two thirds of society that is in this broader working class. And then the second thing is that um, we need a strategy that really focuses on uh, the power that workers have to really leverage systems for transformation. So we know that when workers uh, go on strike, it kind of creates a crisis and forces society to respond to these demands. And so um, I argue that uh, we could focus labor union organizing in the kind of electricity sector, which is the precise sector that's at the core of decarbonization. We really have to clean up electricity and electrify everything. So, and it turns out that that sector is already heavily unionized already. So we could build up a more militant um, union movement in that sector to kind of call for not just a energy transition, but a union led uh, energy transition. Cause unfortunately a lot of the clean energy sector is quite hostile to unions. So I think unions have to be strategic about making sure they're at the center of this transition. So those, those are the two things I argue for. And uh, thanks again for having me. Yeah, thank you so much, uh, Matt Huber, the author most recently of Climate Change as Class War, Building Socialism on a Warming Planet. Matt is po- is a professor of geography in the Maxwell School of Citizenship and Public Affairs at Syracuse University. Thanks. We have to do some more uh, pledge wrapping, unfortunately. <laughs> Good luck. Thank you. Bye. So, um, yeah, um, we have three minutes. Yeah, we do. We have three minutes left, and we're in the same situation that uh, we were before. And so, um, I, you know, I think it's important to say that we know that uh, many of our listeners 
you know, our folks who struggle financially, who are working class. And so we're not looking for giant donations. We don't need $500. We don't even need $100. Uh, but whatever you can afford to do, that's what we need. And that's what will be good to get us to our goals. So 608-256-2001, extension 1, WORTFM.org. Again, no m- amount is too small. You can do $5 a month. Uh, and, you know, that ends up $60 a year. That's a nice donation. And maybe that's what's within your budget. Um, and, and we have uh, no problem with that whatsoever, right? Yeah, but also if you listen and you can uh, give $500, this is the time to do that. We'd really appreciate that. And uh, I guess I should add, and I think that's right, though it seems like the rules have changed again. But I think that, you know, if you are a working class person who's working right now and who's listening later on the um, archives, I think that you can call anytime and pledge for this show or you can get online and do it, uh, specify that it's for this show. I'm not sure, uh, but I think so. So that would also count for this show. Oh, one more. Um, that just came in from Craig Johnson. Thank you so much. Who likes Mud Acres um, Inf Variety and Public Affairs? What's the name of the Inf Variety? I'm, I'm trying to. Her Infinite Variety? Infinite Variety. Thank you. Okay, so that um, takes us to. Um, a little higher uh, we're still very far from our goal you can still call and pledge for us I think and then I will disrupt the funny boys which I like doing um, <laughs> yeah karma thank you so much happy birthday um, summer and Jade thank you and thanks to Rory and Gary oh one more one more quickly um, and that is from uh, Erica, who uh, oh gave us a new per month, uh, a new monthly. Thank you very much. She likes uh, all jazz, blues, cruise, democracy now. Thank you very much, Erica. We can use a few more of you quickly. Um, I just gave you a pledge to you, so you get one more. <laughs> oh, all right. That's, that's good. Um, appreciate that, Karma. Um, Always. New... Um, yeah, well, okay, thanks everybody who did call. Um, appreciate it. Um, I don't know what else to say, Karma. <laughs> to say, folks, but thanks so much for those who pledged. We really appreciate it. Thank you, SD, for having me on today. Always, always love having you. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Keep handing us the Bible while you're walking off with all the gold. The bureaucratic office sends you merry go round.